0: Goes better with a Friday than a little Steve Ray Vaughan and a beer. I don't have a beer, but I do have Steve Ray Vaughan, and I have Scott Roche on the line. Yay! I don't have beer either, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I just realized that Scott and Stevie Ray Vaughn are on the same channel, so I can't turn one down without the other. Okay, we'll uh, let Stevie Ray fade off into abyss for now. And we'll focus on Scott Rush. So, it went so well the other night that Scott Rush came back for more punishment. I'm a glutton. (laughs) And tonight we're going to get into a little more serious conversations. I don't know. We're going we're gonna to banter back and forth. We're going we're gonna to pick some subjects that we disagree on and see what happens. So, they might make for more interesting or more awkward, which Dave will like. <clears throat> Dave.
1: <laughs> and we'll try not to go down any rabbit trails, Dave.
0: Yeah, we'll try to stay on argument since that seems to be a bee in your bonnet lately, even though I think that's like what you do. Is that what we're infringing on his, uh, is he copyrighted all bunny trails? Is that what's going on? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. (laughs) Most of them. All right. Well, how has your week been? It's Friday.
1: It's been good. I've been learning, well, it's, it's, I've been learning about Windows 7. That's right. Didn't you say you
0: were loading it on a Mac? What
1: on Uh, earth has gotten into you? I have, I have to upgrade to Snow Leopard before I can, um, load Windows 7 on my Mac.
0: Ah. So, are you doing it like through parallels or something? Bootcamp, bootcamp. Okay, all right.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I have to have Bootcamp 3.1, um, which comes with Snow Leopard, before I can uh, do Windows 7.
0: Okay. I use Parallels, and I don't. I use just Windows XP. You got to pay for Parallels, don't you? Yeah, it's like seventy bucks, but man, yeah. it's sweet.
1: I'm a cheapskate, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, I am too, but it's sweet. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, if, if, you if can
1: this just... experiment is successful, then I might, I might invest in Parallels.
0: You don't, have to, you don't have to turn anything off to boot up Windows if you, ever, if you need it for, to run some stupid little program or something, you know. Right. And, uh, and the nice thing about it is if Windows crashes, your computer is fine. The little window just goes away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Too bad you can't do that on PCs.
0: Uh, well, you can, but it's harder. You've got to use Linux and Wine and all that stuff. So
1: I know a lot of people that whine about PCs.
0: Oh, man, the first thing I did when I, got, when I got my two Macs is I took my daughter's PC and I put Ubuntu on there for her. And, and then you know somebody called me yesterday, and you know I'm used to getting these calls, or used to be used to getting these calls. Somebody called me yesterday and was like, okay, I need virus protection. Which, what, what virus protection do you use? And I'm like, I don't anymore. <laughs> so I haven't done it. I had to go do research because I didn't know what the best ones were anymore. All right. Well, all right. So uh, let's just jump off into it. What do you say? Okay, I'm game. All right, you're game. Okay, first topic up on our on our pinwheel of um, I just imaginary, imaginarily spun. There's a word there somewhere, and I spun it, and it came up with predestination. Now. This is going to be an interesting one because uh, you go first and then I'll just uh, cuz I don't know that I could even explain my my view on it in a rational way. So this is going to be interesting. <laughs>
1: well, I don't know if that's if it's ne- if this is necessarily something that can be rationally explained. I mean, it's kind of one of those mysteries. Um I for for the first probably half or so of my Christian walk um I I didn't believe in predestination. I'm not even entirely sure. I'm not even entirely sure that I even really thought about it. Um, but when we moved to the uh, Winston Salem, which is where we live now, uh, we started going to a Presbyterian church and uh, started learning about the theology um, that that Presbyterians believe, and in regards to that, and a bunch of other things, and. <clears throat> I think it just kind of makes sense. I mean, this, the notion that um, spiritually we are dead, and so it's always, you know, since I started thinking of it in those terms, it makes sense that there's nothing that we can do to initiate our salvation. So we're not able to choose because a dead person really can't choose to come to life so outside of a supernatural act of god's will um you know we're going to remain spiritually dead uh and you know then there then there are you know we could i could prove text that if i really wanted to i mean you know um no one can come to me except that the father draws them um you know there there are texts in there that that people who believe in predestination can can pull out just the way that there are texts that people who believe in free will can pull out um but I guess for me, it gets back to God's sovereignty, and, uh, and and His, you know, His His sovereignty is such that He's pretty much in control of everything, and uh, uh, you know, I rest in that. It's a big source of comfort for me.
0: Yes, I agree. Um, one of the things that I really like about Calvinism is where it is where it sticks to the Bible. And not well, I, that, not if, that not, I'm not saying anything bad about it. That I, I just mean that the way it approaches sovereignty, God's sovereignty, and the positive things that it has to say, I think are fantastic, and I think they are a great source of comfort. And I believe in them completely. I believe God is completely sovereign. I believe that um, that He, you know, that He ordains everything. You know, he sustains us. He sustains this world. And without him, there, that uh, we would utterly fall into nothingness. Um, so I, I guess from, from that aspect, I, I agree with you in, in, in that God is sovereign and that that he predestines things. Where I, where I have a problem with it is when people get science fiction on it. Um, in other words, I can predestine my daughter to be in bed by 8 o'clock. Okay. I mean, I can. I mean, now it may or may not happen, but I'm not all powerful. Okay. (laughs) Right. But I don't have to travel outside of time to make that happen. You know, I can make sure my daughter is in bed by eight o'clock at night simply by structuring what happens between six and eight. And I think that the Lord. I don't. I don't see any evidence in Scripture where where God travels outside of time to then predestine things to happen. He does make predictions and he makes those predictions come true i don't see any science fiction in that though i don't see anything about him traveling around and magic you know or being able to look at time and some kind of thing that you know some kind of where he's outside and he's looking at the history from the beginning of time to the end of time and he's looking at it all and and you get into so many paradoxes that way that it's just it's just crazy because if he's why would he why would he enter into the timeline to make changes then? Because then now he's changing time and then you've got this whole, well, well wait a minute. I thought he was looking at the whole thing and it's, it just doesn't make any sense that way. What makes it's, more what? sense is, is to examine it the way we experience it. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Well, it's it's like this is the way I look at it. Maybe this will help and maybe it won't. Um, time is a dimension, right?
0: I don't think so. Yeah, it is. Okay. If you say <laughs> so. I, mean, I, I don't. See where, where, what's your basis for saying time is just a dimension?
1: That, well, not, it's not just a dimension; it is a dimension, like height and width and length are dimensions. Time is the fourth dimension. Um,
0: wait, wait, wait! But wh- why are you saying that? Where's where your evidence for that? I mean, time because, uh, is simply a measurement from one moment to the next. You know,
1: time is uh, phys- physicists say that time is the fourth dimension.
0: <laughs> if
1: you want to believe physicists? That's okay.
0: No, I really don't.
1: Go ahead with the next. Go ahead with your point, though. But the, the the point is that if if time is if time is simply the fourth dimension, then it's sort of like well, imagine you were a two dimensional creature.
0: But see, this and, is where this is see, this is exactly you're doing exactly what I'm talking about. You're you're going yeah. outside of rationale to create some hypothetical science fiction. It's
1: not irrational. It's not irrational. It's just called using your imagination. <laughs> Go um, ahead. God gave us our imaginations, didn't he?
0: Sure. Okay. But he
1: didn't give us Star Wars. That's fantasy. Right. That's same thing. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> um, so, basically, uh, a two-dimensional creature can't perceive the third dimension. A three-dimensional creature, you know, couldn't perceive the fourth. Basically, God just exists – one more and one more dimension than we do. He can perceive things that you know we can't perceive and, and we you know so it's not so much that he's outside of time in the sense that it seems like you're describing him to be that's, I don't think that's what people who believe that God is outside of time believe it's not like he's removed it's just that he can see it in its entirety I and mean, i mean he did exist before time and he does you know eternity he's going to exist he existed eternity past and he will exist eternity future
0: now, i do so, believe that god has existed for eternity but i do not see anywhere in the bible where it says he existed before time
1: that's what eternity sort of means i mean no, it's, it's it like,
0: means he's existed forever
1: it's like dealing in the infinite I mean, you can't – you know, the way we think of time – If he
0: existed before time, then when did time start? I would say
1: it started at the beginning of the creation.
0: Okay, so God – So, and this is where my argument – this is the crux of my argument. So God never had a thought or never did anything prior to creating man. You're saying
1: that or you're saying that's what I'm saying? No,
0: I'm asking a question.
1: No. I mean he did have thoughts. He did exist. He existed before the universe existed.
0: Okay, then if he existed if if he existed before he created the universe and he had thoughts then he had then those thoughts there were a time before he had those thoughts. You see what I'm saying? And then there was a time before he had those thoughts. Just to say that he has existed forever does not necessarily mean he existed before time. Time is merely a descriptive matter saying that measuring the time, the distance between one thought and the next, or one action and the next.
1: That is how you're defining time. That is not how everyone defines time.
0: Well, what I'm saying is that is how how I'm defining time as the perspective of God.
1: Right. That's how you're defining time. That's not how everyone defines time.
0: Okay, well— but where do we see in the Bible where God existed before time, or God created time?
1: We don't. That doesn't mean it didn't happen that way.
0: Well, okay, but you've got to go outside the Bible and do some kind of scientific thing, I mean, science fiction thing, to make it happen.
1: No, it's not science fiction. It's science. Oh,
0: okay. Science is, the, is, an, is observing what we can measure, right? Right. Okay, so... How do we observe the creation of time?
1: Ah, uh, you know that's a question I really can't
0: answer. Okay, but you under- <laughs> So I understand what you're saying, but I'm saying that it doesn't. I'm saying that it doesn't make sense because th- then you have a time prior to time, which to well, me, you know, to you me have, makes my head you, spin.
1: You have, things, <laughs> you have things prior to time.
0: So you, God exists prior to time.
1: Prior to time, as we understand it.
0: Okay, but not prior to time as far as God understands it. Uh, I don't know how God understands time. What I'm saying is if God has thoughts, then those, they're, 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 then those thoughts exist.
1: You're asking me to, to how God perceives things, and I can't answer that question.
0: No, I'm not asking how God perceives things. I'm saying if God – I'm not asking how God perceives things. I'm saying if God had thoughts, then there were times before those thoughts – Mm, I don't know. You don't know?
1: No, I don't know. Because, I mean, I don't know how God – I don't know how it is for God. I don't know how it is for –
0: Well, I mean, yeah, it is possible, I guess, that all of God's thoughts are eternal, that he never stops thinking one thing and starts thinking another. I guess that's possible, but we don't see that in the Bible. We see him changing his mind. We see him – saying things we see him doing things we see him uh creating things so we we see events in god's timeline
2: Mm -hmm.
1: but that's but he's communicating that in a way we can understand it he's simplifying i believe he's simplifying things so that we in our human minds can understand it i don't think that just because i don't think the bible covers everything about god because i don't think that's possible
0: well no and i i agree i agree I don't pretend to know the mind of God, right? but using the Bible as our standard for, does God exist outside of time, I see no evidence that God exists outside of time. I see that time is merely a measurement of one, one moment to the next, one thought to the next, one deed to the next, one action to the next, and that's how we, on a daily basis, per- perceive time and i see no reason for god to travel outside of that to do whatever he needs to do i mean and he does and i don't see him doing that in the bible
1: that's fair I don't think any <laughs> i don't think any of that invalidates what what other people believe when it comes to god and how he exists in relation to time
0: no i agree uh, uh,
1: I, you know, this is this is this is the problem i think here is where everybody who has this kind of discussion uh-huh. um is trying to describe something that is sort of indescribable you know um it's like it's like you know trying to de- it's try it's like trying to describe the trinity um you know it's 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 not a concept that we can adequately describe in our language um so that's kind of that. That's the challenge, I think.
0: All right. Well, let's 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 go back to I think more maybe more of a productive um, conversation on the same subject, and that is where it, where it relates to free will. Now, which I think is probably where we should have stayed, but anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> because it's more of a I don't know a theological discussion, and we're talking about I, I personally don't believe in free will either. Um, many many of my friends do, but I believe in a, a bonded will, or the, if you've ever read Luther's bondage of the will, I, I sort of agree with his perspective on that, that we have a will, and it is, it is bound to sin, it is bound to destruction, it mm-hmm. is um, incapable of ultimately doing good. Right. Um, I, but there are lesser of evils. Oprah raising a million dollars to feed people in Africa is not equal to Hitler killing six million jews right Bo- but both are probably not doing those through the Holy Spirit in a uh, or those are probably both not you know Christian actions of the Holy Spirit acting upon a person i don 't know that for a fact, but just
1: assume. it 's a good guess i think
0: okay <laughs> well, that 's in
1: line that 's in line with what the Presbyterians think in regards to um, Total depravity—that's uh, one of the, the five points of Calvinism, uh, which, in, incidentally, Calvin didn't come up with. His students did. Right. Um, so, and and that that is the belief that everything in the in the universe uh, is tainted in some way. It doesn't mean that we're as evil as we can be. It just means that everything within us is tainted by sin. Right. And so, you know, we we can't choose to do good. Uh, purely good
0: uh, and I agree with that and where I part with Calvinism and where I part with sort of predestination is this idea that because of that God takes away our ability irresistible grace that he takes away our ability to reject him I see in scripture that there are consequences uh-huh. for
1: see you're misunderstanding irresistible grace go ahead Okay, so basically, how it how it is in the Presbyterian Church, and there 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 are different flavors of Calvinism, just anything else. Um, but basically, it's not God. It's not God taking away our ability to not choose Him. What what we believe happens is when you're regenerated, um, you know, at that at that moment you see God and. You know, you see him with sort of the blinders off, and there's no reason for you not to choose him. So when you're regenerate, um, you, you know, when you're, when you're um, justified, at that point, uh, you are able to choose him, and your only choice is to choose him because you see him for what he is.
0: I wish that that were true in my everyday life. What I, well, what, what I experience in my everyday life is a constant battle of trying not to reject the Holy Spirit's leading.
1: That's the process of sanctification. Exactly. That's, that's an ongoing process. It, it, it doesn't mean that you are um, infallible you know, because there's still the, there is still the presence of uh, that, that
0: depravity. Um, that doesn't go away. But let's let's move back to the point of salvation because at irresistible, you were talking about irresistible grace within salvation. Right. And you're saying the blinders are removed. So God calls. Right. We can't choose. God calls, and then the blinders are removed, and we have no reason not to choose. Right. And you're saying that's different than Him removing our ability to reject Him.
1: Why would we reject him if we saw him for what he was?
0: Why did Adam reject him? Adam saw him for what he was.
1: Adam was the only one with um, – I think Adam was the only one with truly free will. He, he he didn't have sin at that point.
0: Right. So. Well, there there are many passages in, in the New Testament where Jesus warns about rejecting. Rejecting the gospel. Mm-hmm. So how could we reject the gospel if we are not, you know, if our blinders are removed? I agree that God calls us. And I agree with all those scriptures that say God calls us. But then I also agree that the scripture also teaches me. Oh, hang on. There's a dog. Ah. That's okay. (laughs) And a wife. Is she feeling better? She She is. She is. Mine is too, a little bit good
1: okay I'm sorry go ahead
0: um I'm just saying that I think the scriptures teach that God calls us true mm-hmm. but we also have the ability to reject that call
1: mm, see I don't I don't see that I don't see that
0: okay uh, trying to call to my mind um Hmm. They've just all left me. All scripture has left me. You, you win. Well, uh, you, know, you, win. I, <laughs> you know, as I
1: said before, you know, with any of these sorts of uh, theological discussions, both sides have their proof texts, and and ultimately, I think what it gets back to is, you know, whether whether um, whether you believe that. Uh, we're we're predestined in the way that Calvinists typically believe it or whether you believe that we're predestined in the way that Armenians typically believe it um, which is more where you lean
0: Uh, Now that is not fair I'm not Armenian
1: I just said it's the way you lean you don't have to take offense
0: (laughs) I am offended I mean I do take offense to that statement I don't lean towards Arminianism Arminianism at almost every turn, I think, is more wrong than Calvin, Calvinism. I mean, Calvinism, I like. I, I lean more towards Calvinism because I agree with everything that it says up to a point. It just doesn't go far. I don't reject any scriptures, any proof scriptures that, Calvin, that Calvinism presents. I, I accept them. I agree with them. Okay. Where I differ from Calvinism is they don't explain the rest of the scriptures. Okay, like. I don't have to reject and what Arminian does is reject to me. This is this is my opinion. It seems to me that Arminianism rejects Calvin's scriptures in in favor of other scriptures. And I think that that is, is completely wrong. And 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 since Arminianism is the more of the reactionary position and not the original position, which is what Calvinism is comes directly from the reformed movement then I think, I think Arminianism is wrong from the get-go because it's a reactionary movement, not a biblical one. I'm sorry. I got off my high horse there.
1: Okay. <laughs> I, think, I think Arminianism was first, but that's not really important.
0: Well, first in how? Like it was prior to Luther? Um, well,
1: you're Calvin, not Luther.
0: Well, Calvinism comes directly from Lutheran, Lutheranism. I mean that is a direct outgrowth of
1: Luther. Calvin. I'm sorry. J- Calvinism comes from from Calvin, not Luther. Not true.
0: Luther. Uh, true, but Reformation, Reformed theology is is I mean the principles that Calvinism was teaching on, you can trace them right back to the things that Luther was saying. His his bondage of the will feeds right into total depravity. Sure. Okay. Well, anyway, I don't want to get off on that. They they will get mad at us. Um, <laughs> But my I guess my point is is that I'm not rejecting or i, I accept Calvin's position that we are totally depraved based on the scriptures given um, and that we are we have perseverance of the saints, for instance, I think just, that,
1: just, just real quick, I found something that that's significant, I think okay um, Calvinist theology is sometimes identified with the five points of Calvinism which are a point-by-point response to the five points of, Ar- of the Armenian remonstrance. So the, the the theology, Armenian theology versus Calvinist theology, the, Calvin- the five points of Calvinism are a response to Armenianism. That's what I was saying.
0: Okay, yes, I, yes, the five points are, but Cal- Calvinism as a whole I don't think is um – well, I think, Cal- Calvin- I think Calvinism is, was sort of directly from the Reformation, whereas Arminianism was more of a response to the harshness of Refor- the Reformation. But I could be wrong about that too. I, that's that's fine. Um, okay. Uh, uh, all right. So, where were we? <laughs> I
1: don't necessarily reject uh, Calvinism to a point. So you agree that we're totally depraved?
0: I agree. Uh, yeah, I agree with when Calvin agrees with the Bible. When, when it presents its proof oh, texts, oh, I completely agree with them. But what it doesn't do is it doesn't then explain rejection. There's a proof text for every point of Calvinism. Yes. But it doesn't explain rejection. In other words, there are more texts that Calvin simply says, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that's what he says, but I'm just saying I've never heard an answer for the fact that Jesus says, those who reject me, I will reject before the you – know, those who reject me, I mm-hmm. will reject.
2: Right.
1: Well, he would just – Calvin, a Calvinist would just say that, that, that those, those, person, those people were never elect. I mean, if, if you're elect, you can't reject Christ.
0: But that's not what the Bible says. See, that's where it goes too far. The Bible never says if you're elect, you can't reject Christ. I'm in the elect, but I reject Christ on a daily basis. No, you don't, because if you rejected Christ— Well, I reject the Holy Spirit.
1: There's a difference between sinning, which we're all going to do, regardless of what you believe theologically. I mean, Calvinism never says that you're not going to sin.
0: Okay, and is that sin not a rejection of no. the Holy Spirit? No, not necessarily it
1: is it how, is it, how
0: is it not? How can I completely follow the Holy Spirit and sin? You
1: can't ever completely follow the Holy Spirit a okay because you're because of that depravity. The depravity still touches everything inside every part of you. you can't ever do you can't ever do anything perfectly
2: mm-hmm.
1: not even after you're saved
2: right.
0: No, I, ag- I agree. I guess to a point. I think that um, I don't think that there are saved people who are perfect. If that's what you're trying to say, no, I don't. I don't. But I think that where we fail in the Holy Spirit leads us, and the Holy Spirit is there to guide us. And right. when we reject Him for our own purpose, for our own pride, for our own will, right? When we do not, when we do not submit to the Father's will, but yet follow our own will, right? then we are what, what the Bible calls quenching the Holy Spirit. And it right. tells us not to do that. Right. Now, I I think, th- I know that Calvinism agrees with that, that whole philosophy. But w- w- taking it back to the point of salvation, however. Right. We're talking, about, I mean, you said the elect can't reject Christ. Right. For purposes of salvation. For purposes of salvation. Okay, so... so yeah, right. But Jesus says, whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before the Father which is in heaven. hmm But you don't deny Christ. And then Acts 7.50. Well, I'm saying there are those who do. But, but he's, At the he's, point he's, of salvation. That's what he's talking about,
1: right? He's talking about more than just a simple, oh, I'm having a bad day and I'm going to go off and sin. <laughs> that That's – you know, I think that that, that denying of Christ is, is a pattern. It's it's not a it's a it's a way of living, and that's not talking about just sort of the sin that we that we commit. It's talking about a constant rejection of Christ. You don't do that just because you're sinning. You're not constantly rejecting Christ because you're seeking Christ as a believer. Right. You know, you're you're you are you do not do it perfectly, and yet there are times where you sin, and there are times where you um, do things that you're not supposed to do. And you know you're not supposed to do them, and the reason that you know you're not supposed to do them is because you're regenerate, you're regenerated. Um, you know you have you have that um, you have that ability to see your sin, yeah, in a way that an unregenerate person can't. Even they can be aware of their sin to a degree, but you know um, you more so. Uh, so. But, you know, it, but
0: let's go back to the point of salvation.
1: You're persevering,
0: Yeah. But okay, but let's go back to the point of salvation. This because okay. this is kind of the crux. Is I agree with all that. It, we, I mean, we have different syntax, but we, the the but we both agree. I mean, that's that's what happens. That's what we do. But back at the point of salvation, I think the crux here is that when when a preacher stands up and presents the gospel and does it properly. uh Uh-huh. And there are ten people in the audience who are unsaved, who are, are not – before that, they were not Christians, okay? They were not living by the walk, whether they were elect or not. Okay. okay. Then the, the gospel is presented, and five of them come forward and receive Christ and walk and are, you know and are baptized and live the rest of their lives as Christians. Uh-huh. And the other five reject that call, go away and never accept Christ and die.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Now, Calvin would say those five were not elect. Right. I agree. They're not elect. But they did receive the call. They were called.
1: That's the external call, yeah.
0: Okay, and this is where Calvin gets and starts making things up. <laughs> because there's there's a call. They all received the exact same call, and now Calvin says no. One received an effectual call, and one received an uh, an external call. And the effectual call, or the five that had their blinders r- removed and they could see Christ, and the other five didn't have their blinders removed and didn't see Christ. Ah, I lost him. There he is. He's calling back, and you're back. And the back, <laughs> and so, alright, Is that what he says? He says the five receive an effectual call, and the other five receive an external call. And the five that receive the external call that serves to damn them because they reject Christ, and the five that receive the effectual call um, serves to save them. Am I understanding the Calvinist position the five, correctly?
1: The, the they never accepted were damned from before time. I suppose. Okay. They weren't. They weren't damned just because they just because they didn't answer some call that some preacher made. I mean, the call is not just the words that someone says.
0: But but hearing comes from the Word, and the Word <laughs> – faith, faith, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God.
1: By the Word of God. So the Word of God comes first. They all heard the Word of God. The Word of God is Jesus. Right. So, you know, but we, five we, of
0: them rejected Christ, he, and Christ he, says, I will reject you.
1: We can't hear – we can't truly hear without Jesus. We can hear the words, but that's you – know, that just bounces off.
0: And so, so you've got two different kinds of hearing and two different kinds of calls. And no, I, you, say, I say that's not in the Bible. The Bible says – The Bible
1: the, doesn't say just because a preacher says some words, you're going to become a Christian.
0: The Bible the com- says that faith comes from hearing, and hearing from the word of the Lord. Now, I understand that there's spiritual healing. I understand you have to understand those words, because you could, you could not speak the language, hear the, hear the gospel, and not understand the language, and then not, therefore, have no avenue for hearing it, I mean, no avenue for understanding it. I, I guess the question is, what, what do you believe the active agent is? The active agent is God, completely God. It is God 100%. However... So the, the, I still, but however the Bible teaches, I still have the option of rejecting him. Now, it's not doing something. It's simply rejecting. Let me, let me put it another way. If, if I give you a gift, I create the gift myself. I wrap it up. I, pu- I put all kinds of things on it, and I present it to you. I give it to you, okay? And all you have to do is accept it. You're not doing anything for that gift, in fact, if we look at it as charity, if it's money and you need money, then there is no pride in you accepting that money. There's actually pride in rejecting. You have to set aside your pride to accept that gift. And that's exactly what Christ does for us. We have to put, a pride, put aside the pride of sin and accept his charity, his love.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, but it is something that, that we can still reject because of our pride.
1: But it's not, that, it's, it's, not, it's not that we disagree that we can reject it. What, we're say, what, what, the, what the Calvinist would say is, you can't accept that gift unless God enables you to accept that.
0: I completely agree with that. I completely agree that the faith that it takes to accept that gift comes from God. Right. But that does not remove our ability to reject it. He can give me the faith that I know if I say yes, he will save me. But I'm still not going to because I'm too prideful.
2: No, that doesn't happen.
0: It does happen. It's, it's in the Bible, and I know people who have done it.
1: It's not in the Bible.
0: Okay, then what does he mean when he says, You stiff-necked, uncircumcised in the heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost. As mm-hmm. your fathers did, so do you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what he's talking about. They're, you're hearing it, but you're resisting it. Because they're not elect. He's not putting. He's not putting the blame on whether they're elect or not. These are the elect. These are the Jews. Well, these are see, the chosen men of God who resist the Holy Spirit, even though it's been given to them. Yeah, uh,
1: see, I'm not so sure I agree with that. I would not say that every person who's Jewish by um, by uh, ethnic identity is elect. Um, so well, I'm you know. Not,
0: I know that they're not elect in the sense that they're Christians but they are chosen of God no. they had the Holy Spirit that's what he's saying here you do always resist the Holy Spirit he's not talking about all Jews in general because he was a Jew if they
1: always resist the Holy Spirit then they don't have the Holy Spirit he says they do but he, didn't you just say it says they all, you always not, resist? Not have it
0: as in it being inside them, but having it as that they have access to it, well, access to him. Everybody
1: has access in that sense, and we just choose to reject him. I don't think your brothers would agree with your statement. <laughs> I mean, we choose to – that's the thing. In your unregenerate state, you're constantly in a state of choosing to reject right. because that's what you can choose. That's all you're capable of choosing. Outside of the action of God, that's all you're capable of choosing. So you're choosing, but it's your only choice.
0: But, but see, I agree with, I, agree, I completely agree with Calvin, with the Calvinistic position on that. And I agree with all the scriptures that are brought up to support it. Okay. So where's the problem? The problem is when you reject, when, when Calvin goes one step further and says, yes, but these other scriptures that talk about the fact that we still have the ability to reject are not true. But you
1: haven't shown me anything that says we still have the ability to reject in the sense of rejecting it to the point of losing our salvation.
0: What else could it mean in Matthew 10.33 when he says, Whoever shall deny me before men, him also I will deny before my Father, which is in heaven.
1: The person who denies him before men is not elect. He's
0: not regenerate. But, okay. But he's saying that's going to cost you your salvation. That's exactly what I'm right. talking about.
2: The you're, person you're,
0: is rejecting Christ.
2: Right.
1: Absolutely. That person is not elect. They're not, therefore, they're not regenerated.
0: Right. So I, mean, <laughs> so I think, are we saying two different things?
1: No. I mean, the person who rejects God is
0: not elect. So we retain the ability to reject God at the point of salvation. God, no. can give, God gives us the faith to believe that what he has to offer us is true and complete.
2: No,
1: but You're we getting-
0: still can reject him based on our own.
1: Pride. You're denying him, so he's denying you. Exactly, I agree with that. Right, that has nothing to do with with uh, predest. That it has nothing to do with being able to. You know, when, when if you are elect,
0: you will not. Uh, it says, "Whosoever shall deny me," we're not right. talking about everybody who denies. We're not talking about the constant denial that goes on prior to the choice that you have to make. Every, I mean, he's talking about this choice. He's saying, "Whosoever shall deny me before men, right. I shall deny before the Father." Everybody who's not elect. He doesn't say those who are not elect. Right. Everybody who. It says, "Whosoever, whosoever right. shall."
1: Whosoever shall, and the only people that shall are those who are not elect.
0: Well, there's plenty of scriptures on the other side that say whosoever will. Whosoever will accept the call. I, yay, I stand at the door and knock. Whosoever will let me in, and I will people, come in and sup with them. Those people are the elect. And what do they need to do? They have to let him in. They have to accept the free gift. And the
1: only way they can do that is if they're empowered to. Ex-
0: I agree. But what we don't agree is Calvin says that oh. – Calvin is saying that the people who reject Christ are not enabled to accept him. They, in other words, they're not given the faith to accept him. Right. What does it say in the Bible that that is so? Nowhere what? in the Bible does it say that the people who reject Christ at the point of salvation do not have the faith to accept Christ at the point of salvation.
1: If they, if they don't accept, why wouldn't they accept? The only I'm, reason they wouldn't accept is because they don't have the faith. I'm and saying
0: what? they don't accept because they don't
1: because we see them not accept. Right. Okay. Well, Seeing them, not seeing them doesn't matter. I mean, it's not something that you can necessarily see. Somebody can say words. They can say, oh, I accept you, Jesus. And that doesn't mean they've accepted Jesus.
0: But my point is we know, we know that some people do and some people do not accept the gospel, correct?
1: But I don't think that's something that you can necessarily know about a person um, unless, you've, unless you walk with them their entire life from birth to
0: death. Well, I I agree. I'm not trying to make a judgment on any particular person. I'm saying that in the act of salvation, some even Calvin agrees, some accept Christ, some do not. But what Calvin says is only the ones who accept Christ received the faith to believe that Christ could save them.
1: Faith comes after regeneration.
0: No, faith comes first because the the faith Uh, faith – the faith that it takes to accept comes Christ comes from, he says, we are saved by grace through faith, and that not of our own.
1: Right. By faith, not of our own. And, and, and Christ is the author and, fa- the author and finisher of our faith. But nowhere
0: in the Bible does it say that faith is restricted to only those who accept Christ. The faith that it takes to believe Christ can save us is given to all men.
1: If Jesus is the author of our faith, it means he created our faith, he gave us our faith.
0: right y- y- well faith faith i don't know if faith comes from jesus or god i don't is that is that your point you're trying to make or?
1: it comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god okay so it's like third in that you know scripture we're predestined we're elected we're called we're regenerated as a result we have faith as a result we repent as a result we're justified as a result, we're sanctified. As a result, we persevere. Okay. And as a result, we're glorified. That's okay. the that's the order of salvation according to Calvinism. Okay. Faith comes after regeneration. Because if we had faith before we were regenerated, then that would mean you had the faith to be saved before you were a believer. And if you if – you,
0: if, if, <laughs> Okay. So where is he getting that – where is he getting the faith? Where is he getting where is that scripturally that faith comes prior? Does that mean that regeneration comes prior to faith. He's making that argument to support he's saying that to support his argument, but where is it coming from scripture that that's the order?
1: Okay, so you you want me to have a, you want me to find you a proof a proof text for for that particular
0: from the for for that order. I I don't see that in I'm just saying I don't see it in scripture. I don't know where he's where he's getting that for I've I've sort of heard that before in back of my memory, but I don't remember him having any. I don't remember any text that support, supports it. I didn't. I not know if you knew of support support for it. Um, well, I mean, I've, I've been I've been showing
1: you that in the in the the uh, scripture that you've been bringing up. The faith is not something that comes from us.
0: No, I agree. We, I, I never said that it does. It comes from God. The faith to believe, the faith to accept the free gift of salvation comes from Christ. But that faith has got to be there for us to accept it. Mm, where are you
1: getting that from?
0: Well, uh, we are saved by grace through faith.
2: Faith.
0: Okay. Right. We are saved by grace through faith.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So... Without the faith, we couldn't have been saved by grace. It's through faith that we're saved by the grace. The grace has already been done. That's the good news. It's done. It's finished. All of men's sins have been forgiven.
1: We are saved by grace.
0: Right. But it's only through faith that we're able to get into that grace. The grace is there for all men. For through one man all died, so that through For
1: one faith, man all shall faith, live. Faith, that, and, and, not, and that not of yourselves. So that <laughs> faith was not of ourselves. It was a it's, gift from God. Exactly, yes. Faith was the gift.
0: Yes, faith is the gift. Right. Grace has already been done. Right. We're regenerated, and then we're given faith. But no, wait, wait you, just threw, you just threw that in there. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say we're regenerated then we're given faith. It says that we are saved by grace through, through faith. faith. And that not of yourselves. That's not of yourselves. That is a gift of, of God. Right. Right. So that no man may boast. Right. So there is no – so in other words, I don't choose to be saved. I don't access God by my own emission. I don't go down to the church and say, I want to be saved. I'm going to go to heaven and – through my own efforts you know, I'm, what do I need to do to, to, to get saved what, what do I need to go what steps do I need to do what class do I need to take what confirmation you know it's not like that it's, it's you are saved by grace which has already been done by Christ on the cross mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'm, through I mean, faith it's, it's, in other words it is the faith that is the gift of God the only reason that you can accept grace is because God makes that possible right? isn't that what that scripture is saying? Because without the faith, we would never, we would never, we wouldn't believe it. We couldn't believe it. Right. He gave us the faith.
1: Right. I I don't, I don't see the problem. <laughs> so.
0: Well, I just I'm just saying that in that passage, there's nowhere in that passage that says we're regenerated first before we're given that faith. That right. faith is the gift of God. Then we're saved through grace. Or I didn't say I, mean, I didn't mean to say then. We are saved by grace through the faith. Mm-hmm. And there's there's no. It's the grace first. We're regenerated. Saved. Then we're given the faith, so that we can be saved by grace. It's, it's all it's there the, together. It's the grace that's saving us. There, right? It's not the faith that's saving us. No, the grace has saved us, but it's only through the faith that we're able to access that grace and that salvation.
2: Hmm.
0: But there, are, And then there are other passages where Christ says, if you reject this, then I will reject you. Right. And Christ says, go to the town and preach the gospel. And if they reject you, sh- shake your feet of the dirt of that town for it would be better for them to have been thrown in the ocean. Right. So if they're receiving an effectual call. They have the option to accept that call. No, they don't. They've been given the faith to accept it. They've been given the faith to believe it. According
1: to who? According to what? According to the Bible. That's what it says. He doesn't say that he gives everybody the faith. Where does it say he doesn't? It, where does it say he does? <laughs> I mean, where does it say that every human being is given the eno- has given enough faith? It
0: says – okay, actually, I can answer that question because it does say that. It says whosoever will. I stand at the door and knock. Whosoever will let me in, I will sup with them. It doesn't say uh. only those who – you know, only the elect. It's, it's, You're elect it's a,
1: because you chose okay, to believe okay. it. You know what whosoever will means, right? It means anybody that will. Well, obviously, that's self-evident. Anybody that will accept it will accept it. Anybody that won't accept it won't accept it.
0: The Bible, All the Bible does, but that, that is not something the Bible teaches. The Bible says if you reject Christ, he will reject you. If right. you accept Christ, he will accept you.
1: Right, and that's what I'm saying. We're talking past each other. Okay. <laughs> We're both saying that whosoever will, will. And whosoever won't, won't. Okay. And I, that's, all, that's all that Calvinism teaches. Uh, it's, it's, it's a question of why they will and why they won't that we're, that we're perhaps differing on. You think that everybody has sufficient faith to accept, and they just choose to reject, and that's not
0: Calvinism. Well, faith comes from hearing the Word of God. Okay. It comes from God, but it comes by hearing. So See, if a preacher stands up and preaches, this, and those is, that hear have the faith to accept it, it comes this, with the hearing.
1: This is, this is the order of salvation according to Arminianism. Foreknowledge, predestination, election, prevenient grace— External calling, repentance and faith, regeneration, justification, sanctification, glorification. So, so Armenianism puts repentance and faith together. Calvinism
0: puts faith before repentance. Well, I believe what the Bible says. Well. That you hear the word of the Lord.
1: Brad, here's my problem with what you – when you say that. What's that? You know what you're saying when you say that? What? I'm,
0: saying, I'm you're saying that the Armenians are making this up. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Here's when,
1: – when, when you say, I believe what the Bible says, here's what I hear. Okay. You don't believe what the Bible says. Well, you don't believe in Armenianism, do you? Well, no, but here's the thing. If we disagree on something. Yes. As we I, – I guess we are. <laughs> I really can't tell.
0: <laughs> well, not really, but go ahead. If,
1: If you say – if we disagree on something and you say, well, I just – I believe what the Bible says. Yes. That implies that you have a better understanding of what the Bible says than I do, and that if I don't agree with you, I don't believe what the Bible says.
0: Well, whenever I say that, it is because I have made a point from the Bible, from Scripture Uh – And that the person arguing with me is making a point outside of Scripture. And I'm saying, I will stand on what the Bible says. So, in a sense, you're hearing what I'm saying. I don't mean anything bad by it. I'm just saying, I'm going to stand on what the Bible says. You'll you'll stand
1: on what you believe the Bible says. No, I'm going to stand on what the Bible says. You don't have a perfect understanding of the Bible, though.
0: No, I wish I someday will. The so, the Lord.
1: so that's what I'm saying. Whenever somebody says that they're a biblicist or they believe what the Bible says, and you're not the first person that I've heard, but say that's that. what
0: I'm saying is, if you can show me in the Bible where I'm wrong, I'll believe that, and I have. Trust me. I mean, I have changed my position because somebody showed me in the. I've done that through my entire life. I didn't wake up this this way. Okay. I mean, if you show me in the Bible, and that's why I believe Calvinism to the point because it is biblically based. But, uh-huh. but they just don't finish it. They don't. They, they say, okay, th- you know, this is where it stops. No, no. There's these other scriptures too, and and that's where I, I don't. That's where me and Calvinism sort of. I, you know, I'm not a Calvinist because I accept this other part of the Bible. that <laughs> says this other stuff too. You, yes, it's all by God. Yes, God is completely sovereign. I completely agree with you. But we still have to. Uh, we still can reject God, and we have to be careful because we can still reject the call, and. And it, and what I'm saying is I make that point from, you know, I'm making that point from the Bible. Now, when we're talking about what I'm saying, I've never said that to you when we're arguing Calvinism, because I believe Calvinism is from the Bible. But uh-huh. when we're arguing about Arminianism, I'm saying, I don't know where they're getting that stuff. I'll believe what the Bible says.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because when they when they talk about losing salvation, they talk about you can, you know, you can just, you. they're talking about rejecting Christ after salvation. They're saying that you can lose your salvation if you reject Christ after salvation. Who says that Armenianism right they believe in free will to the extreme, yeah, and the bible i don 't see anywhere in the Bible that teaches that right there's a, a couple of obscure passages like there's one in Hebrews that could mean five different things that they that they quote, but you know the, but the majority of the text, if you, if, you know if you say the text's got to agree with itself, then i'm you, you know, like, okay, you know doesn 't make any sense to me. But if you well, i mean but I'm, you know ask ask sam i mean it just as a, you know <laughs> right. i mean there's it's you know it's like one of my one of my uh my i mean my ultimate mentors you know here on earth uh my is dr Miller and carol miller and i you know they're the ones that taught me and showed me in the bible about um the three parts of salvation. Now, it doesn't mean the three stages so much. It's just three parts. You know, justification, sanctification, glorification. With the stuff we've been talking about. But I didn't have any concept of that before, and I would have argued, and I would, I, and I did believe that there was, you know, just one salvation. That's it, because there's one passage. In the Bible that says one baptism, one salvation. And they showed me in the Bible where, you know, where these things are laid out and how they're and how they relate and everything. And I'm like, okay, sure. I, I I, I, so I completely accept that, and I, I see where, it, and it's just, it's all throughout, and I get it, fine. So I correct it. But then they go and they say, hey, you know, there there was this pre-edemic earth prior to this earth. And they get that out of Genesis 1-1, because it says the earth became void. And the, and the King James says it was void, but that word can be translated became. And, and we need to have that word be- Became because we need the pre earth so that we don't have to so it could be older than it is and I'm like okay well uh, the the Greek I mean the Hebrew there does not say became the Hebrew scholars all agree that that word correctly translated was and so I disagree with them on that mm-hmm. and you know I mean that I don't mean I don't mean to belittle anybody by saying I'm going to stand on what the stand on the Bible. And if you can show me from the Bible where I'm wrong, I'll,
1: I'll admit it. Well, I'm having a hard time understanding where we're differing in our opinion, so it's hard for me to tell you where you're wrong.
0: <laughs> well, I think we in this argument, we've only come down to one thing and that is that I say that any that the 10 people in the audience receiving the word of God all have the option to accept Christ. If they understand it, if they speak English and it's being presented in English and they understand the concepts <laughs> that they have the option of receiving the word of Christ because they're receiving they've been called by God the, the preacher is, is doing what God told him to do which is to call the people and that is the call of God I don't believe in an effectual call and an external call there's, there's just one call because that's all that talks about it in the Bible it's just the call I'm sorry go ahead That's what you believe, then you don't believe in Calvinism. I do believe in Calvinism because I believe it is because Calvinism teaches that it is all God that that our salvation is all dependent upon God, and I completely agree with that. The the five people that come forward have no they they don't have anything to brag about. They didn't do the right thing. They're accepting a charitable gift. They're accepting charity. They're laying down their pride and accepting something, and that is nothing to brag about. That is nothing they're doing on their own. I see what you're saying. That's not what Calvinism teaches, though. I understand that. And the, the other five, the other five that didn't accept Christ, they rejected Christ. They received the call. They heard the call. And mm-hmm. they rejected Christ. But it comes down to why they accepted and why they rejected. I, mean, I know. I know. And that's what I'm saying. That's where we disagree. You're saying where we disagree? That's where we disagree.
1: That's like the crux. If you if that's what you believe, then you don't believe in Calvinism, which is fine. You don't have to. <laughs> you can say that, but I do. <laughs> no, but see, you don't, because if you believed in Calvinism, if you believed what it taught, you'd believe that the reason that the five people accepted Christ is because of an effectual call that was internal.
0: Well, like, I, 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 I see what you're saying there, is I don't believe in Calvinism where it – Leaves the Bible and starts making up things like effectual call versus external call. <laughs> well, I, I'm saying if you show me in the Bible where there's an external call and an effectual call, then I'll, I'll change my position.
1: I will make every effort to do so. I didn't come with my proof texts this evening. I know this what I'm going to be talking about, but
0: I just I've I've never had a Calvinist come to me. I've and I've had this debate many times, and I've never had a Calvinist show me anywhere in the Bible where there's an external call and an effectual call. They only say, they, they come down to the point where they say, some reject and some accept. And we know that the ones that accept had the call. So the ones that didn't accept didn't get the call. But where's that, where does it say that? They all heard the call. Well, why about, did Jesus send those people to those towns? What and about the, why did he give give us the great commission? If we're the reason why we are to preach the gospel is to affect the call. Nah, see, I think we're a secondary
1: cause in that case. I, I mentioned a scripture earlier this evening. No one can come to the Father. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Yes. What does that
0: What does that mean to you? It is – I believe in it 100%. No one can come to the Father unless he's unless, – no one can come to Christ unless he's called by the Father. And that's not what it says exactly. Okay. Well, what does it say exactly? It's,
1: no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him.
0: Yes. I agree with that. Okay. I completely is, agree with that. What does that drawing no mean No one – I, I agree with that when it says no one can come to Christ unless God draws him. And what does that drawing mean to you? When he I mean, it's it's God doing it. Doing what? Everything. Okay. Everything. Everything. He God is completely the agent that is um, behind getting the person to church or or you know, however the person comes to salvation. Whether it's reading the Bible, you know, a Gideon Bible dropped in their car, then I mean what. They're, they're at rock bottom because they're, they're a drug addict and they're sitting in a hotel room and they pick up a Gideon Bible and they read it and they go, I need Christ. I, I am broken. I am done. I've I, I got to have something outside of myself to fix this. And the, it's, you know, the creator of the universe. What Okay, all of that, all the getting him to the hotel or getting him to rock bottom, getting him to open up the, the Bible, getting the Bible in the room, getting the person to print the Bible, all of that was orchestrated by God. All of that is God drawing that person. So is
1: God's draw effective or not? I would say that it is effective for the elect. So God's draw, why is it only effective on the elect? Because the ones who aren't elect didn't accept it. They rejected it. So God's call can be rejected.
0: Yes, and that is what he says. If anyone rejects me before men, I will reject him before God. But they weren't called. It doesn't say they weren't called. It says they had to be called if they rejected it. Therefore
1: I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by the Father.
0: I completely agree with that. No one can come to Christ unless it's the Father who draws him, unless it's the Father who calls him. No one can come to Christ of their own omission. The Bible teaches that over and over and over again, and I agree completely with Calvinism when it teaches that that there's nothing we can do there's no baptism we can go through there's no class we can take there's no church we can be born into there's no um, there's nothing we can do of ourselves that we can do to attain salvation it is god that gives us salvation as a free gift it is god that draws us to salvation it is god that affects salvation in us no one can do it on their own no one can come to jesus unless it's called unless god calls him
1: so he calls he calls everybody
0: But he only elects some
1: to be able to accept the call. No,
0: see, that's where me and Calvinism disagree. I agree. I think anybody he calls, he gives. He gives. If he calls you, he's going to give you the faith to accept that call. You're going to. You know, you have that choice of I'm going to accept this or I'm going to reject it. But I believe it. It'll work.
1: So you don't believe it's really predestination,
0: then? As I said, I don't. And that's when we started this call. I don't really understand predestination. The way I understand predestination is I can predestine my daughter to go to bed at 8 o'clock tonight. That's not predestination because something could happen where she doesn't go to bed. I don't know that predestination – I don't see where – I don't understand how predestination reacts with salvation.
1: Okay. Those he predestined, he called. Those he called, I completely just, agree with this, just, with this statement but, you're, that you're reading.
0: The scripture you're reading, I understand and I agree.
1: So, so anybody that he predestines is going to be called. Anybody no, that thats all it
0: says. It set
1: "What is it?" Read it, read it again. Uh, let me find the actual. That's that's like not the entire. Um, let me find the actual
0: scripture. Those that he predestines, he calls.
1: Let me find. Let me find the actual uh, scripture. Hang on, just a second, because this is like a um, uh, Romans eight thirty. Um, those He predestined, He also called. Those He called, He okay. also justified. Okay. Those He justified, He also glorified. Right. So those He called, He justified. So everyone He called, He justified.
0: No, only the ones He predestined.
1: Those He predestined, He also called. Right. So everybody He predestined, He called. But you're saying everybody He called. Everybody He called, He also justified.
0: Where is this, Every- pa- where is this <laughs> passage at?
1: Romans 8.30. It's a good passage. I like this passage. Having chosen, this is the New Living Translation, which you probably don't like.
0: Yeah, I'm going to look it up (laughs) up in the King James and see what it really says. (laughs) Having
1: called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. With standard version, those whom he predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he also justified. Those whom he justified, he also glorified.
0: It doesn't say everybody he it doesn't say everybody he called. He justified. It says those he called he justified. It's it's, it's, a, it's a series. It in series.
1: It certainly implies, at the very least, that everybody he predestined he called, <coughs> he called he justified. Everybody he justified he glorified. Oh
0: whoa! What just happened? Hold on. I'm sorry. I lost it. I had it and I lost it. Eight thirty, right? Yep. Okay. I I don't know. That's a good one. I gotta, I, don't, I mean I've heard it before, and I'm gonna have to go back over it. It's a good one. I mean it seems, but it still t- doesn't answer the question of of what what Christ is talking about when he says, "If if if you reject me, I will reject you." And he and he doesn't it doesn't explain what he's saying is. I stand at the door, and knock. Uh-huh. Those who let me in, I will sup with them. Whosoever right. lets me in, I will sup with them. It right. doesn't explain. I mean, I don't understand this passage, and, I, I, and I'll, I'll study it, and, and I promise I'll look at it. But, it. but this doesn't contradict those other passages that say that we reject Christ. No, and what and, and,
1: and well, doesn't say we reject Christ. It says that those that reject Christ. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying.
0: Right. And of we, course. we being Christians, we, don't, we didn't reject Christ at salvation. We've right. accepted Christ. The
1: unelect rejected
0: Christ. but I, I i guess i just don't i don't understand where i don't understand predestination i don't understand the word predestination how it's used here and i'll have to get into that but and so maybe this is a good place to end this argument because uh, okay. i'm at a i'm um, you you've you've talked me into a hole <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's i think that's that's
1: that's pretty much. Uh, that's a big. That's a big deal. So look at that and see what you think.
0: Well, I appreciate your patience. No, I really appreciate your patience. These conversations I've had in the past have 99% of them have been on the web, and this is the first time a Calvinist has really just talked it out with me, and I really appreciate that because I do have, a I do have a tremendous respect for Calvinism, and I do, um, I don't for Arminianism, as you, if you can tell, but, <laughs> and I just really appreciate you being. Being patient with me and and going through this stuff.
1: Oh, no problem. And I mean, you know, I'm, I haven't always been a Calvinist, and I, I will say that when it comes to Calvinism and Armenianism and all the other isms that are out there, it all gets back to us just trying to do our best with with our own limited understanding of things. Uh, and I don't I don't think Calvinism has got it one hundred percent. I don't want anybody to walk away from this and think well, Scott thinks that Calvin just got it all right, (laughs) you know, because I don't think he did. Um, I don't think, you know, I don't think, you know, I wasn't baptized in Calvin's name. I wasn't baptized in Arminius's name. Um, You know, I wasn't baptized. I was baptized in Christ's name. And, you know, ultimately that's what's important. You You know, I love to have these discussions. The unfortunate thing is so often you end up, especially on the web, talking past each other, you know, um, not actually listening to their person. I'm not saying you were doing that, but that's what happens a lot of times. You know, you have your opinion, and the other person has their opinion, and you know, you both believe honestly that you believe what the Bible says, um, yeah, and you just come down to different places. Um, but as long as we agree that you know, our salvation didn't come because we're you know big old know-it-alls who just got it all. <laughs> Uh, I think we're in a good place.
0: I agree. I
1: agree. I don't know if any of this is useful for your podcast.
0: <laughs> no, there's nobody listening anymore. There's nobody listening to me going on and on about this. Um, but that's okay. That's okay. Oh, good grief! It's been. I wanted. I was really excited to get onto some of these other subjects, but but I don't. It's already been an hour. So yeah. Um. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll we'll have to do it again sometime. But um, uh, yeah, cause just briefly, if you have, do you have a little minute? A minute? Sure. I would be. Cur- I may cut this out of the final show. I don't know, but I would be. I'm curious. While I'm talking to you, is on the six day creation thing. You said I'd like. I'd like to hear what you're – You said you you might or might not agree with what I think.
1: Here's here's my brief take on the creation. And this was something that one of the one of the um, elders that my church said when I asked him, because um, he's he's uh, somebody I respect a great deal, and he said that when it comes to the creation, there are an awful lot of really smart people on both sides. Um, there are an awful lot of good theologians that believe in a six day, you know, literal six day creation. There are an awful lot of people that believe in an old earth. Um, both have pretty sound theologies to back what they believe, uh, so I'm not going to take a really dogmatic position. But um, personally, I believe that the Earth is older than ten thousand years old. Uh, that's got a lot to do with science, um, and I know that that's in some circles that's a bad word. Um, but it, it, you know, I am not even going to take a dogmatic position on that. I do believe it is certainly possible that the earth is less than ten thousand years old and that the creation was literal six days it's not a hill that I want to die on <laughs> you know what I mean right I mean it's not a salvation issue um i really like I really like the understanding um our our, our pastor preached through Genesis recently um, through most of it and he did really good he he did justice to the creation I think and his his take on it is that it really does it it really doesn't attempt to speak to how old the earth actually is that's not he says that's not the point he says it doesn't really matter whether it's you know 10,000 years old or 10 million years old the point is um, God was using Moses uh to say some very specific some very specific things to both to the Jews and to us, and that is that you know God is a a god of order and that creation was not just some sort of random happenstance uh, and you know he wanted to say some definite things about what the what the Jews learned in Egypt during their captivity. Um, and, and to teach them that God was the one who created everything. And I believe that regardless of whether it took him six days or or millions of years, it really doesn't matter um, to me. Um, I, just, I just try and, you know, resolve the fact that there does seem to be a lot more uh, human and geological history than um, ten thousand just 10,000 years worth. And so I always try to deal with, Okay, why would God create the Earth with appearance of age? That's a tough question. I don't have the answer to it.
0: Well, let me ask you a question. Sure. Uh, which, I mean, it's it's a leading question, but it's a question. Um, if if you took the wine that Jesus created on, in his first miracle at the wedding, and you gave it to if you you know you gave it to ten different scientific firms Mm -hmm. um what do you suspect the results of those uh and you said tell me everything you can tell me about this wine didn't i'm not asking for anything in particular i just want to know everything you can tell me about this wine they ran every test they could possibly run on the wine they you know they they look at all the particles and they you know whatever i mean do you think they would be able to return any data on that wine
1: Well, no, I think it would look like wine to them. And I mean, you know, uh, I I also, I mean, the better question, of course, is if I believe in an old earth, what does that do with Adam and Eve? Um, I think that's a better question. Um, And I I don't have it figured out.
0: Okay, but I guess my my point is about Jesus' wine, okay, is that you're saying it would look like wine. But would 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 they be able to tell what region of the country it was produced in? Would they be able to tell how old the wine was? Would they be able to tell if it was an oak barrel or an apple barrel, uh, w- apple wood barrel? W- would they be able to tell if the barrel had been charred? Because all of those things are sulfites, and would know, there be sulfites in the wine? Uh, or would they be able to look at the wine and go, you know what, this was created in, in about one second. Right. No, I get it. I, I know exactly what you're saying. Okay, so I'm just saying that, I'm just saying that the, the, my point is, that I don't think, I don't think that those things are still valid. I don't think that that says anything about the invalid, you know, uh, I don't think this is anything negative about science. Science is there to do, is a gift of God, and it has been a blessing on humanity. Yeah. And what, but it is irrelevant what it tells us about a miracle. It is completely irrelevant when it, I mean, it, what, the things that it's going to return are absolutely true. If if those things, I mean, if those tests are accurate, and you know, and if if they really know what they're doing. And then there, the things that it returns is, oh, it was an apple barrel, oh, it, was, it was, had these sulfites, oh, it was from this region of the country. Then you're not going to be able to say, well, that's not true. God, he did it in one second. No, no, those things are true. Those sulfites are there. Those grapes did come, are, are this kind of grapes that come from this section of the country. And in fact, there was little pieces of dirt in the wine that came from that section of the country. This was that kind of wine. Fine, that's fine. But I still believe the Bible, I still believe that Jesus created it in one second. Right. And the same thing happens with the six days. Jesus, God wrote it on a stone um, in the commandments that he gave to Moses. It says, I created the earth in six days, and on the seventh day I rested Sabbath, so keep it holy, blah, blah, blah. God wrote it with his finger on a piece of stone. It wasn't a translation error. The fact that Moses didn't understand it, Moses knew what a day was when he wrote it down. Uh-huh. So I think that science is valid for telling us all kinds of stuff about... The Earth and what it 's doing and how long it 's been here, and all those kinds of things, but I think they 're relevant when it comes to the fact that there mm-hmm. was a miracle that took place, and it can 't negate in any way that miracle and I, you know and I think that because the scientific argument has actually fallen down because I mean up until one hundred and hundred years ago um, Really, until it was 1983 before it was verified, that they – I mean, the predominant theory was that the universe was eternal, that there was no particular moment of beginning. But in 19 – I think it was 1983, they verified the point of the Big Bang. They verified the actual, you know, that it came from – everything bust into existence from this particular moment in time. Right. And so, I'm just saying that, I, don't, I think that science, when it tries to look at how the earth was created, how the universe came into being, it's really an exercise in futility, because it's trying to examine a miracle. And it can still come up with interesting facts and data, but they're not going to be relevant in any... They're not gonna be relevant to uh, eternity, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Because anything that they can come up with, we know exactly how it really happened. It's just like with the test you're sending off to to the wine with the wine. We know what really happened, but we're interested to see what science says about it. <laughs> you know.
1: I don't I don't know so much that we know what really happened, but you know, we know what the Bible says and we can choose to do with that what we will. Um and interpret that how we will, and but like this, like I said, the nice thing is it's not something that we have to agree on.
0: No, it's not something that we have to agree on. But the reason why I guess I get passionate about it is, and this goes to our argument earlier today on the blog, and that is that I just feel like um, that there is a call to defend the Bible, and that is to me the core. Uh, that's how the Bible started. It's in the Ten Commandments. It was one of the things written by God's own hand, and I think that when I defend the six-day creation, I don't care how old the earth is. To be honest, I don't care. It didn't matter to me. My point is, is that God created it in six days, and that there was that there was no human death uh, prior to um, that involved in that. Then, um, so I, when I started defending the when I'm defending the Bible there, defending Scripture there, giving it an offering of defense, uh, that's where I get passionate about it. And it doesn't matter, ultimately, from one Christian to the next. But I think it does matter in the general sense of our society and our culture in that we can make a rational argument, that we can defend the Bible with reason, and that we can present it uh, you know, to, our, to the culture that surrounds us.
1: But see, the only problem I have with that notion is – I'm not so sure that God needs a defense, and I'm not so sure that the best possible defense that we put forward really is going to have any meaningful impact on somebody because if they're not going to believe, they're not going to believe. It doesn't matter how – that's why I've kind of given up on apologetics because –
0: Well, but many people are saved through apologetics every year.
1: Nobody is saved through apologetics. I'm sorry? Nobody is saved through apologetics. People are saved through through Jesus and
0: well, His act. Okay, but they are led. To, they are led to faith. I mean, they come to know. They come, just like some people. Nobody's saved through coming to church, but people come to church and get saved. Right. Nobody's is, saved by apologetics, but they come through to faith through apologetics. They come. They come by the way of apologetics. That's what gets them interested. That's where that's where they're being. They, those arguments that have been there their whole lives are bashed down or explained, and all of a sudden they're open.
1: Except, Brad, I have seen people who have left the faith because of apologetics.
0: People leave the faith for all kinds of reasons. Apologetics but, took place in the Bible, though. I mean, this, this is something that, that Paul did and Paul taught us to do. Be prepared to give a defense for, for the reason that is in me. Mm-hmm. And he went to Mars Hill, and he offered a logical explanation for things. Which and, didn't actually use the Bible, <laughs> as I recall. I mean, he just he talked sta- about. He started with the secular topic, and then he went to the Bible. Yeah. he went to the gospel.
1: So, I mean, you know, I guess what I'm saying is, uh, you know, use apologetics. It's great. You know, uh, you if, if, do the textual criticism thing if that's what floats your boat. Um, but just don't get caught up in it and say that it's the apologetics that saved somebody or it's the textual criticism that saved somebody. It's a secondary cause at
0: best. Well, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, it doesn't save. But what it does do, if I'd have had some apologetics, I was already a Christian. And I went off to college. And it destroyed my faith. Because I had no defense. I wasn't even prepared. I didn't even know I was going to, have to give one. And going to college destroyed my my walk, my faith. I I, did, I never. I never disbelieved God, but I just didn't have any. I just didn't have any faith. I was just. I didn't. I didn't have a walk. I didn't have a faith. I didn't. I was like, eh, okay. I give up. I got tired of it. And and I went on and lived my life. You know, the best way I could. And if I'd have had some apologies, if I'd have known that the Bible was defensible, that I'd known with, that the Bible was reliable historically, and that the things that they were saying were not true. If I'd have known that there was absolutely no scientific evidence for macroevolution, and I didn't have to accept it, (laughs) if I'd have known these things going in, or at least known these things at the time, or been learning these things at the time, then I would have had some kind of option. But see, here's the problem with that.
1: That was your experience, and that's valid. But... I had, an almost, I had almost the opposite experience when it came to apologetics. Apologetics did more harm to me than good. Because I looked at, I looked at two people, and not just two specific people, but I looked at, I looked at Christians who, who beat each other over the head with apologetics. They both read the same Bible and came to radically different conclusions. And they each would say, oh, well, look, I came to my conclusion because this is what I read in the Bible. And the other guy says, well, I came to my conclusion because this is what I read in the Bible. And they were pointing at the same things.
0: But if, was that a theological at, argument or an apologetical
1: argument? It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Okay. I mean, it's, 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 it's apologetics so, is the so, defense of faith, basically. Okay,
0: go ahead.
1: You know, and and if you get if you get two if you get two different people coming at the same thing from two different directions they're going to come out with something different and, they put on, and people put entirely too much faith in their own wisdom and in their own understanding and i just i don't apologetics has done i think as much harm as it has done good
0: I can, well look the church has done just as much harm as it has done good. Theology has done just as much harm as it has done good. G- Apologetics has done just as much harm as it does good. The, I mean, you can make that same argument about any aspect of Christianity. Right. And uh, evangelism has done just as harm as it done good. I mean, that's all I got growing up was evangelism. You know, every, day I was, you know, every time I was to church, that's all I got, even though I was already saved. So, and it you know, ultimately drove me away from church because was, I, was, I, knew, I knew it all. There's right. nothing else there to learn. So, I'm just saying, any of it can be abused if it's not of the Holy Spirit, and any, that's any of it's wrong is if it's of man, if it's of the flesh.
1: That's what I'm getting at. I think that not so much that there is something inherently wrong in apologetics, and that may I may have come across that way. If I did, that's not what I intended. Um, it, there's nothing inherently wrong in trying to understand the Bible or trying to defend the Bible uh it, it just uh, it, very often not always, but very often it leads to relying on your own understanding, relying on your own wisdom, not on the Holy Spirit and not on you know the the great commission and the great commandment you know it, th- those absolutely. things get lost in the translation
0: absolutely
1: yeah, yeah that's why i'm that's why I'm very reluctant to anymore even get into theological arguments i don't mind discussing. And, uh, but the minute I sense that this is going to be like an argument, I just want to pull out because <laughs> you know Brad McFadden is not right when it comes to everything. Scott Roche is not right when it comes to everything. Um, and a lot of times we end up sounding like I know that I do. In a lot of my blog posts, I end up sounding like I know exactly what I'm talking about.
0: I hate that. I mean, when it happens to me, I hate that. Uh,
1: and, and I, I temper think- very carefully.
0: You know, he's the Bible tells us to walk in the Spirit, and the Bible tells us to um, think on those things which are good and pure and righteous. And discussions, when when they are done properly, like we, which I think we've done tonight, I hope so. When they're done properly, they get my mind thinking about spiritual things. They get they get me digging in the Word. For answers right and and they get me uh, you know these kind of discussions take my mind off secular things like going and having a beer or watching stupid tube and 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 they get my mind on spiritual things and spiritual matters, and as long as we don 't get wrapped up in the argument and forget that we 're talking to somebody that we love and somebody right. that you know is sharing that're you know that, that we 're sharing a path to, to Christ. Then, you know, as long as that, you know, and, the, and I, I agree with you. I hate when I come across as a know-it-all, or, or, or like I think I know it all, you know, and, or when I when I realize that I'm more into the argument for the argument's sake than what it could spiritually mean to myself or my life or somebody else's. Then, yeah, it's worthless. It, the, the whole argument is worthless, and all I want is out of it.
1: Right. Um, and that, That's all I'm saying. I just, you know, I, I if it goes there. Um, then it's not beneficial for anybody that's mm-hmm. in the conversation. I agree. So, it's really not a conversation at that point either. I think
0: know. that everybody and every everybody and everything in our lives, I, I, I there's a, you draw, you take a whiteboard and you draw, you know, these little, you put a circle in the middle and that's, that's Christ and you put all these little dots, you know, and then you're one of these little dots and every dot between you and Christ that points you towards Christ, you know, like, you know, Billy Graham's up there, and, and, or whoever, John Macar- Ma- MacArthur, or John Calvin, or whoever, is up on this board. And as long as they're pointing you towards Christ, then they're, 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 they have value. They're producing fruit. They, they are leading you in the right direction. But the minute you stop going towards Christ and start following them, whether it's, an, whether it's theology, apologetics, or a person, if you start following them instead of following Christ, that's when you're going to get out. No matter how close they are to Christ, you're still going to be off track.
2: Right. Oh.
0: Okay. All right. I agree. <laughs> I, lo- I love it when an argument comes together. I <laughs> well, thank
1: you. I hope you can use some of this. Um, but even if you can it's been beneficial for me.
0: Oh, I think so. I think it's been great. I think, the, the, I think that I definitely want to leave this last part on somehow. I mean – have to mix it up a little bit tomorrow. But uh and, and I, I agree. I I, just, I still really appreciate your patience with explaining some things to me in, in Calvinism and, and uh and listening to me I mean the best way I can do it is just put just kind of put forth what I believe and 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 have it slammed down and destroyed and <laughs> and uh I mean I learned so much from that, from make, just from making the argument and and uh so I appreciate that. And I'm sorry for keeping you forever. Good grief. You, a, you do have a family, right?
1: Well, you know, the kids are in bed and my wife, you heard my wife come home and <laughs> she's able to throw rocks at me because she's probably agreeing with you. <laughs> so, um so it's all good.
0: Okay. Well, Scott, thank you so much. appreciate it. We I I really enjoyed this. We need to do it again, maybe not so long, but we need to do it again. Please. Talk to you soon. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye.